And welcome back to Real Talk Sports with Rico. Today, I will be your host. Today's show, we are actually talking about just the NCAA men's and women's basketball tournaments. Uh, essentially today, what I'm going to be doing is recapping what happened to the final four there for the men's basketball, and then talking about a preview here for tomorrow night's championship game, and then just giving a brief kind of rundown here of the NCAA women's tournament here. So before we actually jump into the content, first and foremost, I wanna thank Anchor for being our platform, which is now Spotify podcast. You can check out the show there um, and that link will be in the show notes. You also too are looking at the YouTube channel right now, which is Real Talk Sports with Rico. You can follow the episodes there. Um, essentially, we post up every Sunday here, and uh, you will see that uh, again in the show notes here. And make sure that you definitely go ahead and press the like and subscribe button if you are watching here. So without further ado, let's go ahead and let's jump into the content, guys. And let's start off here with the NCAA men's basketball recap here. So we had four games <clears throat> essentially taking place here, all for just um, or two games, excuse me, took place here for two spots here for the NCAA championship game. And it was quite a doozy. And I think for the first time in all the tournament, I actually might have got it right here. I got to go back and check here. I don't know if I picked FAU. I might have picked FAU, but they did take a, a tough one here. And the first game here was FAU and San Diego State, which actually literally came down to the last second here in the uh, last. It was a buzzer beater. It absolutely was a buzzer beater here. And it was pretty epic with what happened. I mean, you look at FSU, they had a chance to pretty much salt the game away. All they needed to do was get a layup and they missed the layup. And then on the other end, you had, <clears throat> excuse me, you had Butler for San Diego State kind of come down. They didn't call a timeout, and he was able to actually go ahead and set himself up for a critical jump shot, which essentially iced the game here. And when they asked the coach after the game why he didn't call a timeout, he jokingly said he, he ran out of place here. But Lamont Butler was the hero in this one, uh, coming down and, and making that play at the end of the game ending FAU's run and FAU really did everything that they were supposed to do in this game and the irony about this is that FAU came in and they attacked San Diego State in many different ways they exploited different matchups they were able to go ahead and use a lot of ball reversal techniques uh, were really getting downhill on the guards and things like that which was very surprising because on paper, San Diego State actually had the better defense and they had actually been holding people to under 60 a game. And so for them to come out and shoot as well as they did, I believe FAU shot five of 11 throughout the tournament. I think most teams were either four of 35 or some kind of crazy stat that I was looking at as far as shooting three point shots against them. And so the fact that they were able to exploit them and shoot over the 17% is amazing. But the fact that San Diego State locked down so much in the second half, it reminded me a lot of what happened with the Xavier um, Kinshaw State game where Xavier was down by a lot and they just locked up for about four, five, six minutes in the second half and they kept scoring. 
and they were able to get back into the game. And that's exactly what San Diego State did. Now, it took them down to the last second to get it done, but better late than never. And so that's a huge win there for San Diego State, making it into the uh, championship game here. A shout out here to Elijah Martin and the way he played for FAU. He's been stellar for them. When you look at his statistics and what he was able to do, he had the 26 points and seven rebounds. You know, on the other side of this thing, you had San Diego State's best player here, Matt Bradley, actually had one of his best games. He had been struggling the first three games in a tournament. He was averaging 26 coming into this. He had 20 in this particular game. And I loved his demeanor from the start. I think he came out, he was 4-4 to start him off well for San Diego State. He kept hitting three-pointers there. But he had 21-6-2. That was pretty huge for him. Mincy had 7-6 and six inside there. Butler, we just talked about his contribution, 9-2-3. and three. And the bench was phenomenal, too, for San Diego State. Um, you look at Ladee coming off the bench. He had 12-6-3. and six and three. Um, You know, they had Erop come off the bench as well. They're big. He had nine and two. Um, I think that's how you say it. And, you know, you had Parrish with six and five as well. So the bench as a whole outscored FAU. So that was critical in the second half as well. And, uh, you know, San Diego State's moving on. You know, San Diego State's moving on. And their defense is really, I think, what kind of led them to this victory here. A tough one for FAU. I think that, again, they did everything that they were supposed to do. I think if they make that layup, for sure, it's game over. And the shot that Butler made, it was pretty incredible because it was great defense. And he really didn't even get a chance to step back because had he stepped back, he would have stepped out of bounds. And just the ability to just rise up just a bit more over the hand, because when you look at it, in the video, it, it was terrific elevation, just as you would teach in a jump shot. He had a great base under him. And defensively, there's really nothing else that you can do. You know, great offense will always be the great defense. And that's exactly what happened here for San Diego State. So they are now moving on to the championship game taking place here Monday. The other game on the other side of the bracket, you had uh, the UConn Huskies taking on the Miami Hurricanes in this one. And I had picked UConn. I thought that the key for this one coming in was that Miami, if they had a sluggish start, they would be in trouble. And what happened in this? Miami had a sluggish start. They didn't start off very well. UConn came in. And much like every other team that they've really played in the tournament here, they dominated. And they won this game by double figures. And really, the... the, the um, really the deciding factor was Sunoco inside. Sunoco has been probably one of the best big men that I've seen in quite some time in the NCAA tournament, you know, taking nothing away, you know, from the big men that have played here as of late, you know, looking at Ben Cheryl, looking at the young man from North Carolina that's played well. But Sunoco, the way he was able to dominate, he's averaging 20 and 10 in this tournament, and it looks like a breeze. And to add insult to injury he was knocking down three-point shots I I mean the coverage they were giving him the three-point shot he knocked down a three-point shot and that's tough you know when you talk or when they talk to coach Larinaga after the game he alluded to the fact that you know you don't game plan for stuff like that when you have a seven-footer out there 
knocking down three pointers. And I think that that was just that was just the, the deciding factor. Sunoco and the way he was able to do- dominate inside, and then the bench play was phenomenal for Connecticut. You look at the fact that Jordan Hawkins was sick, um, you know, with a stomach flu. He was still able to get 13 and three, and just evenly dispersed scoring throughout the guards and the forwards here for UConn, and and, and they just really just tighten you up, you know, play after play after play. And Miami really was never in sync, even though. You know, Isaiah Wong had 15 and one rebound, but he only had two assists. When you look at the game that he had in the Elite Eight, he was so much more effective getting to the lane and being a decision maker as a passer. But every time he was in the lane, he was just crowded and they took him away. They also took away Nigel Pack. He did knock down some jumpers in this one. He did have to sit out, I believe, like four to five minutes because of the shoe that busted open or something like that. And not saying that they necessarily would have helped him, uh, but they took away him. Omir, eight and seven. He was having a pretty good one, but he also had four personal fouls. And they had barely escaped the Elite Eight with him in foul trouble. And they needed him on the floor, you know, especially with Sunoco down there. And they didn't have any answer for that. So this is a tough one for Miami. You know, I think Miami for sure could have given UConn a little bit better run had they come out a a lot like what they did in the Elite Eight. And then also to just just they didn't they didn't necessarily defend as well as they should have as well. I think that there was a lot of defensive miscues for them as well. And that was something that's been uncharacteristic for them as well. Because I will give Miami credit. Yes, they were a great offensive team, but they were actually a pretty decent defensive team as well. And I think they were very decent as far as playing the passing lanes. And they really didn't get a ton of steals going there. Really just were just manhandled the physicality of UConn. Much like every other team has really just, it's been dominant here. So shout out to Coach Hurley and getting these guys going. This is a team that had two first round exits here. I certainly didn't pick them to make it all the way here and they're here. And so shout out to UConn for doing what they're doing. And I think it starts with the bigs, which leads into now talking about the final four championship game here that is going to be starting here tomorrow. And this is the final game. This is it. And it comes down to UConn and San Diego State. There's a ton of people that have UConn picked in this one. I believe I have UConn in this one. I think it's going to be a lot tighter than what it's been. I think from a physicality standpoint, the one team that might be able to match UConn is going to be San Diego State. But a lot of that is going to come down to the fact of, is Mike Menzi going to be able to stay into the game? Is he going to be able to to take away Sunoco? And that's the thing. Uh, and, and Nathan Menzi, excuse me. Is Nathan Menzi going to be able to take away Sunoco? Is Kashad Johnson going to be able to take away Sunoco? Um, and Alex Carapin. You know, those guys are tough in the interior. The front court to me is going to be the deciding factor in this game. Whoever wins the paint battle will win this game. I have it slightly being UConn, and I mean slightly. You know what I'm saying? Because not to take anything away from 
from San Diego State. It's just that they play so hard and they're physical. I think a lot of times I like that defensively. I'm very defensive minded when it comes down to basketball and I love the physicality. I think the physicality can can really take a team out of its 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 uh its mojo so to speak. And UConn has been on quite a mojo lately. You know, you look at their record that they have going against other conferences as well and UConn certainly has the advantage there. The bench, UConn has the edge with that one. You look at Mike Parrish, you have Jadon Ledee, um, you know, versus UConn's bench, which has been stellar here. Um, you know, I, I, I slightly have UConn's bench. I think that they're a little bit better. Um, you know, both are scoring punch here for UConn versus San Diego State is a little bit more defensive minded coming off this thing. And one thing that you want to remember is that UConn has been, I believe, undefeated, if I'm not mistaken, every time they've gotten to the Final Four. So you have that going for them. Um, and then as far as the coaching is concerned, and you do a comparison there, that's even to me, you know, because both um, Brian Dutcher and Danny Hurley are both coaches that have uh, they're coming from a coach's, uh, the son of coaches, basically. Both have basically put in the work to be here. Uh, you look at Brian Dutcher and what he was able to do and taking over for Steve Fisher. He has been able to bring that defensive mindedness to San Diego State, which is why they're here. You look at Dan Hurley. His brother, Bobby Hurley, was a terrific player uh, for the for the University of Duke and would have had a terrific career for the Sacramento Kings had he not gotten into a car accident. But the one thing that you, you get out of them is toughness. And he brings that kind of toughness and grit to UConn. So this is why it's a little bit of a push, I believe, for, um, you know, for the coaching and this overall, you know, with the intangibles and the fact that both teams and how they've gotten here, I like the underdog in this one for the intangibles because I believe San Diego State, the reason why they're here is because they have been able to execute on the intangibles. And intangibles are things that don't necessarily show up in the stat sheet. You know, intangibles might be you know, diving for the loose ball. It is, you know, making sure that you block the shot and you keep it in bounds to give your team another possession. It is coming up with the critical steal. It's coming up with the critical save. It's getting that trap that causes the other team to call a timeout, which they so badly need to hold on to. Those intangibles have been on display for San Diego State throughout this tournament, and I feel like they have an edge there. So if UConn gets into that type of game, the rock fight type of game, which we've described earlier um, in the Elite Eight and 16 and throughout all these tournament games, I like the edge to go to San Diego State. Now, if I'm a betting man, I'm going to go with UConn. I think that this is going to be a 70, a 75-70 game. I don't think that UConn is going to stop San Diego State out. I don't think this is a double-digit win. I think that they're within 10 points in this thing, and I think that this is going to go down to probably the last three or four minutes of the game, if it doesn't go down to the last second here, because San Diego State showed in this last round that they definitely have a lot of heart being down 14 
and to come back and dig themselves out starting from the defensive end, that's tough. It's easy to play offense, but it's tough to play defense when you're down 14. A lot of teams get discouraged defensively or offensively. You know, when it's not going, then defensively it affects them. That didn't happen with San Diego State, and that's a champion's mindset. I love that for them. So this is going to be a tough game. I think it's coming down to the last minute. Next up here, we talked briefly about the NCAA Women's Championship game that actually took place here today. Uh, LSU, give them a shout out. They won 102 to 85 here in this one. Um, You know, a shout out to Kim um, Monkey. I think that's how you say her name there, Coach Monkey. The way she was able to go ahead and take care of business here. for LSU and really leading that program. I love what she was able to do here. Um, I believe she was a tough guard uh, back in the day from what I understand and just kind of doing a little research there. And the way she was able to lead these young women today and really shut down Clay, Clay, uh, Caitlin Clark, excuse me, um, who I've seen her play a little bit. She's a lot like a Steph Curry. I didn't think that this game was gonna be a 102-85 game. I thought UConn essentially would be here or at least close to this point. I thought Notre Dame would be into this one. And I must say that looking at the women's tournament, I haven't talked about it as much uh, on the program, but I I think that it's been equally as exciting. Um, The women's basketball tournament was very, very good. Very, very good skilled players out there and getting a chance to see some of the elite talent from the women's basketball perspective. Wow. Incredible, man. So, you know, that was a great game, but I wanted to give a shout out there to LSU. Um, and moving forward, I, you know, I, it's, it's hard to, to bet against UConn for next season, obviously, with what they have built up as a program here. But this is two times, um, you know, that, you know, the LSU coaches actually come in and brought two teams to the final four here. So maybe, maybe this is the beginning of a little mini dynasty. I don't know. But shout out to them. I I love the swagger that they have pointing at the ring finger as time is kind of running down. That's nothing but championship swag out there. So I love that about LSU. But, you know, shout out to LSU taking care of business here against uh, Iowa there. So with that being said, that is today's show. And I just want to remind you guys that uh, you can check us out here on YouTube. You can follow us at Real Talk Sports with Rico. And you can also follow us on Real Talk Sports with Rico at Spotify Podcasts, uh, which was formerly Anchor. So I want to thank the um, sponsors out there who put sponsorship on the show, the people out there who've listened to the show and helped us drive content to the show. We definitely appreciate that. And so for myself, uh, this is Rico with Real Talk Sports. We will be back with another show. You guys take care. Peace. Peace out, guys.